Okay, welcome to episode one of Girls Like Me. I'm your host, Laura Clancy, and tonight I have a special guest. I have with us today my younger sister, Ebony. Um, And this episode is called Girls Like Me Who Succeed Against the Odds. I think Ebony is one of the most amazing people that I know. And to me, she is a person like myself who always perseveres, has this persevering spirit. She's full of grit. And she literally, it's just that. She's that person. She's that woman. And I'm so proud of her. So I'm going to give a slight introduction. And then I'm going to let Ebony introduce herself in case I miss anything. So Ebony is currently a senior. She's a graduating senior, I'm sorry, at the Clark Atlanta University. Like I said, she's my younger sister. She's an advocate for young women and young people. And she's an advocate for the advancement of women of color, Black women specifically, in STEM. Ebony, would you like to introduce yourself anymore? Did I miss anything? Ah, first of all, thank you, period, because I'm here. And thank you for having me. Um, So yes, my name is Ebony Clancy. I am a graduating senior from the Clark Atlanta uh, university, sorry, the illustrious, my apologies, the illustrious Clark Atlanta University. Um, yes, I'm majoring in accounting, and yeah, we couldn't turn it up a notch, so yeah, I'm excited to be here once again, and I'm very proud of you, my love, and yes, Aww. this is great, so thank you it for is. having me, I'm ready to get to it, yeah. Ready to dive in? Okay, <laughs> well, thank you for <laughs> being open to even doing this whole thing with me. I really appreciate it. So you introduced yourself to us already. My next question is, my first official, how are you feeling? How are you doing right now? It's February 11th. It is Black History Month. How are you, a Black woman in STEM, right now, today, feeling? You can be as honest as you would like. Girl... That is a loaded question, <laughs> but thank you for asking. Um, being a black woman in STEM in Atlanta, Georgia, right now is I'm feeling very um misunderstood as a HBCU student. It's Black History Month, and my school is literally across the street, across the promenade <laughs> from Spelman College, our sister's school. And, you know, they just received their third bomb threat of just this month. Like you mm-hmm. said, it's only February 11th. Mm-hmm. It's Black History Month. And you, it's the number one HBCU getting bomb threats. Um, I'm not really feeling too good, you know. I'm I'm trying to play it off, you know. Still go to class, still go to work, still do my daily, you know, routine, do what I gotta do. But you know, it's it's a little it's a little weird. I don't know. It's a little it's a little crazy out here. Um, but I also know that um, I just gotta get through it, you know, because. Mm-hmm. It's, it's it's more than just what is going on right now mm-hmm. type of thing. Like, I don't know how else to put that. But, um, yeah. 
Okay. That's all I can really say right now. Thank you for the question. I appreciate that. No, thank, me you thinking, your, thank you for your thank you for your answer. And you know, that was that was one of the reasons why I thought it was um, uh, important to highlight your experience as an HBCU student in particular. And mm-hmm. I think right now you guys are dealing with a different level of <laughs> domestic terrorism that we haven't quite seen before. Like, you know, last year in January. In January, we had the storm on the Capitol. Now, bomb threats to HBCUs. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. you know, historically, people have bombed Black communities, but Black campuses, that's a different level and a new low that I don't think we were quite ready to even um, deal with as a Black community. As yeah. I feel like the fact that they also out here, they expect us to just live every day as if it's not going on type of thing like especially at Clark being a Clark student um we don't have the privilege that most people assume that we might um in comparison to Spelman and Morehouse um I feel like our safety is is you know put in danger a lot more in comparison I feel like Clark would be you know (laughs) you know so yeah. And I remember like when I first visited when we first went down to like do the tour and everything. Mm-hmm. Um the first time I remember your campus is pretty open. So yeah, I would say it's you a know, public campus, yeah. The public is pretty public, mm-hmm. it's open. So yeah. mm-hmm. you know, I know Morehouse and Spelman are, you know, more historically, you know, sacred in the black community. So they protect mm-hmm. them under a different premise than they do you guys' campus, and that's very it's very saddening. And um, I would just say that it I'm is, happy that you're holding on and you are staying strong. Although you shouldn't have to do that and they should have systems in place to actually protect you. If I can be clear. It definitely should. Um, especially but, because, you know, you know that's being the, at, being the at bare HBCU minimum. Period, though, like, being at an HBCU period, our safeties be, like, put in danger a lot more. But, you know, Absolutely. that's, you know. I, I couldn't agree more. Especially now. Now, at least. Like, it, I remember, it has not always been like this, but... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like I would say, like, you know, being at a PWI was completely different. My school was over policed. Mm-hmm. Over police to the point where mm-hmm. black students were uncomfortable to be there at the time and we were students there. You know, but mm-hmm. we did, you know, see that police present. So we knew that we were like safer, although racially, you know, nuances, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> the implications of being black on a PWI campus is dangerous but the campus yeah. itself is a pretty safe place to be in comparison to like a place that is continuously targeted mm. by not just white supremacy but all levels of crime anyway so um like yeah. i said i'm i'm, I'm very happy that you're <laughs> staying you know staying aware and staying strong and staying grounded in your experience because you know you don't have too much left but but it, you know Oh, yeah. <laughs> Stop making me laugh. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna hop into question number two because I really think this oh, is um, this is gonna be my favorite question, probably of all the questions I asked tonight. How does your okay. upbringing affect who you are, if any connection? Ooh. <laughs> okay, so it's so many different parts to my upbringing right so you have ah 
You have Ebony Quincy, the preacher's kid. You have Ebony Quincy, the A scholar, the top-notch scholar. <laughs> you have Ebony Quincy, the um, the dancer. You know, the artist, the ah, the um, model. You got Ebony, you know, that girl. Okay, okay. You got Ebony from the 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 south side of Chicago, like West Inglewood, the hood. <laughs> um, you I see people, I have so many friends of mine who I've seen the worst happen to at such a very young age. And it's like the only thing I could turn to was education. I mean, that was my only way. <laughs> That's my way out the hood that was my only way out type of thing um and I mean it's never been hard for me you know I'm just a naturally intelligent being and I thank God for that you know that's literally a natural blessing um it taps into who I am today this girl been on the dean's list since coming in type thing so it ain't it ain't <laughs> this ain't nothing like new I'm gonna cut you thing. off here but I just want to say like that is incredibly like some people I was never on a dance yeah. list. I'll just be completely honest with you. Like, I don't even know. I don't know yeah. people. Maybe I know some people that was like, okay, they graduated with honors. Mm-hmm. But nobody yeah. has been on a dean's list since they have been in college the first semester yeah. coming well, in. To, you know? Like, come on. Yeah. That's just me. And it's just, you know, <laughs> and it's like some, you know, the girls that get it, get it. The girls that don't, don't. And it's like, and that's fine. But... <laughs> That's just who I am. I'm also, you know, I'm a firm believer in Jesus Christ. I'm a firm believer in God. I have that. I'm very religious, very spiritual, um, very spiritually gifted. It's just too many, too many layers to the upbringings and who I am today. I'm, I'm <laughs> a very loving individual who is filled with so much love and happiness and simply just want to put myself in different positions that I can show love to people around and they actually understand it type of thing. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm really just love. That's really how mm-hmm. I can put it now. And that's how the, the seeing how much hurt and pain I used to see growing up type of thing. Mm-hmm. I'm tired of seeing it now. So the cycle had to end at some point and mm-hmm. I made the necessary changes to not necessarily get away from the environment, but get away from that same mindset as well. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So that's I like who I am. <laughs> Thank you for answering that. I know that was a loaded, that was a loaded question. And you talk mm-hmm. about mindset and how, you are a person who loves to give love and show love. And I think mm-hmm. love is such a thing that is missing from our world right now. Like, you know, mm-hmm. and I think people don't love mm-hmm. each other. People don't love themselves. We don't live in a world, in an environment mm-hmm. that really values love for real. Like, we don't mm-hmm. really see that. And, you know, we have the same upbringing. You know, I'm a PK too, yeah. you know. And we have mm-hmm. parents who are really, really serious about telling us and how and telling us how important it was to serve people and to love people and do the right Mm -hmm. thing like we really have a strong morale Mm -hmm. 
And so For when sure. it comes to, you know, and even, you know, us talking about your faith and our faith and how mm-hmm. we grew up in the church, like we know a thing or two mm-hmm. about prayer and things like that. I'm wondering mm-hmm. in the spirit of succeeding against the odds, how has that helped you? Because I know faith mm. sustains me. I'm gonna oh, let you talk God. a bit about it. I'm gonna let you talk about God. Oh, God. Like okay. <laughs> you trying to get a girl to get emotional. Okay. Okay. I mean, while we're here, I mean, clearly we, we know that we lost our mother. My mom was, or our mom was a very, you know, special person to not only us, but to a lot of people. And I feel like, having to understand that she is no longer here during this journey specifically for me. Being in college, being away from home in college, (laughs) being 12 hours away from home in college, like I don't, I'm not able to pick up the phone and call her, you know what I'm saying? I feel like last semester literally broke me and it was like, I don't know you know after burying mom so that was that was at the end of my freshman year of college so I didn't even get a full you know she didn't even get a full chance to see how great I am now type of thing so it's more so of I mean after we buried her I just had to immediately go back to school I couldn't really think about grieving I couldn't think about leaving Clark I I didn't think about (laughs) what was next for me it was just okay I'm back this is what I gotta do and I did it of course because that's who I am and I'm gonna do it but at the same time I mean I wasn't myself like Ebony (laughs) I'm I'm stressed I'm depressed (laughs) I mean I'm I don't have no one to talk to I'm not really I'm I'm just a broken piece of myself that I never saw before and I felt like seeing myself last semester again, it was like seeing myself that same time, times more. And I feel like for it to be the first semester of senior year, it's like, well, can I even finish at this point? Do I want to finish at this point? You know, like, cause I mean, she's not here. So what's the purpose? Like, I don't, <clears throat> you know, so I think God at that moment, I needed I needed someone to depend on. I needed someone to believe in myself more than I did. And I felt like having to literally lay on my floor, stretched out, literally crying, my my eyes out, like bawling. That was the moment I like, yeah, that he's real. And I'm not gonna question him no more. I never did, but it was like, yeah, I'm definitely not now. <laughs> I'm not now. And then coming to see the the end result, especially, I mean, that being final grades, I mean, the grades I got, I didn't even expect. And it's like some something like that can be very small to someone else. But to me, that's like, no, because if I didn't have no, <laughs> I wasn't going, I'm not going to try to even finish at that point. So it's like, I mean, being out here away from family because you, I'm very family oriented. So I love being around y'all, my, you know, dad, Paige, Kaylin, the baby, you know, everybody. I really love being around my family and to not have y'all out here in close proximity is like, well, 
it's easier for me to get in those dark moments and it's easier for me to forget what I'm doing it for or who I'm doing it for and what's the purpose behind it. And then I remember like, yeah, <laughs> I am God's child. I am a child of God. You know, I am, I am someone that he, I am his strongest warrior. Like he puts his strongest warriors through some of the toughest things. It's only the don't only the real gonna survive for real. And it's just like, yeah, I'm I'm one of those people. So yeah, I, I don't I don't know. The people who don't believe in them a little crazy, but we're not gonna get into that topic. Uh and I'm leaving it like that. So <laughs> yeah. That part. <laughs> you know, um Yeah, I think I I commend you often because college for me was difficult. And I yeah. hadn't lost my mom, you know, I had only just yeah. lost my mind and that was it. So yeah. I always commend you because I feel like it's something, you know, some people can't ever really get over things like losing their mom. And I think that's something we talk about often yeah. in the process. It is not as um, if I have type thing, like, yeah. it's not as if I have gotten over it. It's, exactly. it's in the back of my head every day like all the time you know and I think that that's what I mean by you know it's a beautiful thing to see I hate Mm. that we have to grieve and I hate that we have to like endure that loss however I know that God takes care of us Mm -hmm. and I know that he provides even when we probably you know let Mm -hmm. and you know so that's that's what I love about you and I've seen it you know be done and you make it look easy to be like you know and maybe man. I should stop maybe I shouldn't say no. that part. maybe no, I should man. say that that people have <laughs> no idea you know what I mean like and to succeed against the odds yeah and, you know and it's not and you know the fact that I think you just do it with so much grace and so much gratitude I even see joy like I even see you like you know I see you pushing to go to class all the time like oh my god in the midst of a pandemic you know you know so I just want to you know give you your flowers you know I'm just being talk about that part like people really don't understand that's you know I feel like people don't especially that part like I wish I didn't have the normal college experience. I didn't get the full four years on college campus with all the people, with all all the Black excellence. Yeah, I got my first full freshman year, beginning of sophomore year, maybe. And then spring 2020, we got sent home. I'm now a virtual, a virtual student for a year and a half and now having to be placed back into Atlanta, who never closed down due to COVID. It's just like anything is sprout, like, you know, just going on. And they expect us to just be ready to get back to class. I feel, you know, people don't understand that the mental that has to be taken, you know, into perspective of what we have to go through. Like, not everyone is an online learner, you know? So, excuse me, having to um, be forced to online learning with, honestly teachers who don't know what they're doing they don't care about what they're doing and you being the student and even advocating for yourself they're still going to look at you as not like the enemy but at least some type of 
suspicious person because it's like, well, why are you questioning what I'm doing? You know, but you, you also have to pay them to not teach you. So had to deal with that for a year and a half. And it's just like people just expect it to be peaches and cream. Oh, Ebony goes to a HBCU. She goes to all the parties. She's a wild animal. No, like that's not what it is. That's not what it's like. That's not who I am at all. And I wish that people would stop associating HBCU with just like stupidity and parties and not actual like Black excellence and academics and seeing the traditions of so many amazing Black people come from these types of like institutions. I'm not understanding. Like, you know, yeah. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm glad you brought it up, and I'm so sorry to interject here, but that's such a great point. No, and you're I think, fine. I think HBCUs do have a rep of being like these party schools, and not yeah, people only want to go now because it's like yeah, you know, you know, and I think nothing, you know, blackness just has this like taint of sorts that people just associate blackness with like inadequacy, like they just mm-hmm. feel like it's not as you know, great as a PWI or God forbid an Ivy League institution. Yeah. So, you know, mm-hmm. and I think that's just anti-blackness at work. Um, so mm-hmm. I'm glad you said that part about, you know, most of the mm-hmm. most influential black people of our lives and times and our histories have come <laughs> from historical black colleges and universities. And that's just For a fact. Sure. I mean, from, mm. you know, civil rights activists to lawyers to mm. doctors to actors and actresses that we see all the time in entertainment came from yeah. historical Black College University. So, like, again, I'm commending you just for making that commitment. And I know how hard you fought to even, <laughs> you know, put Clark Atlanta on the map in particular. Man. For, you know, so you can, if you Sorry. want to go for it. Okay, but, well, I mean, for sure. You know, I mean... I mean, not too many people know or have known about Clark since Ebony. I mean, that's just, it's just a given fact. And it's not even me being cocky about it. It's like, I'm very proud. I'm very happy that people are now more aware of how amazing Clark is, at least the institution itself. Maybe not who works for it, but the school and the history that comes from it, amazing. So of course, I'm very happy. However, I mean, like, I, I do wish people, you know, would give me my credit, but I'm not going to tap into that for my own protection. Um, what I will say, though, Clark being not only a, not only being an HBCU, but being a private HBCU, I feel like people do not take that into consideration either. Like, it's not just no normal school. Like, this is not... I feel like people try to underestimate me into coming to Clark. And I feel that even now, it's not even about proving people wrong, but I love having that chance. I love having that opportunity to do so because honestly, don't ever underestimate someone who succeed against the odds. There we go. Like, it's impossible. It's in my nature to succeed. It's in my nature to be amazing it's in my nature to be prosperous like I don't know how I would put that but yeah being a a black woman from the south side of Chicago at a private HBCU in Atlanta Georgia 
where they admire me, at least, I mean, it's a good feeling. I don't know. Like, <laughs> I feel like everyone should be wanting to enjoy this type of luxury. Hmm. you know so i'm glad you moved into luxury you know i'm i'm big on the the luxury and the luxury lifestyle and luxurious things of his life because um it is a luxury to be educated and black in a woman yes those are luxurious things yes and you know (laughs) um i am wondering okay I'm thinking about your mindset because okay. we kind of, I feel like we glanced over some of the parts okay. of that actually impact how you think and how you go about it. I think you, you okay. know, you know, so what are like, give me maybe, I'm thinking of maybe a quote or two that you think of, or maybe some mantras that you tell Ooh. yourself. Like, what are some things that really okay. keep you going? Like, what what's on your mind oh. every day when you wake up and you're succeeding against the odds? Okay, so there is a um, a morning manifestation that I say to myself every day. Um, it, okay, I'm just going to read it. Okay. Uh, <laughs> it is, I am enough. I am pure in love. I am light. And I am preparing myself for how solutions are for tomorrow so not I'm not really worried about what happens in the moment for the day is really how I'm trying to see the next day and how I want how I want to be in a better position tomorrow so like today anything can happen literally anything is possible but tomorrow I'm going to be in a better position regardless so like I'm not really trying to focus so much on like self-imposed limitations every day I'm going to focus on the the more positive parts like just living now because like you said before like we today's society we're not really used to being you know the love is just not here type stuff like it's just not a real common thing and I feel like that was a missing part for a lot of you know my life I guess in a lot of circumstances and when I feel like when it comes to out here being out here you have to be full of love in order to survive I mean like not only for yourself but for the next person in given times like for tomorrow so that's why I just I don't know. I just don't like living in today's time, really. But yeah, that's really my morning manifestations. <laughs> um, I feel good about it. That is a beautiful mantra. I, I love the idea of being enough, being love and light, and yeah. being solutions oriented. I I think similarly. I like to be solutions oriented. Um, because you know we can focus on the problem but like let's really solve it let's really work to solve it um, yeah let's let's figure something out to get a you know a resolution or some sort or something like yeah absolutely absolutely yeah. all right so thank you for that I think mindset is very important when you are encountering 
journeys that you haven't seen before when you're trying to push yourself beyond your limits um mindset is extremely important so thank you for sharing the mantra i didn't even know you had a mantra, i appreciate like, that oh so course, we told yeah. each other everything but apparently don't not. even be like that because you know sometimes um <laughs> i say mantras every day too i didn't you know that's just it's just cool for sure know. i just like to write mine down you know i'd be scribble scrabble no. <laughs> <laughs> okay 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 next question next question Ooh. and this is switching gears a bit um Uh-oh. i think it's taking uh, the hat off of so much um of those heavy you know <laughs> feelings so maybe this could be a little girl little thank little you thank so, you <laughs> so sorry about that i'm sorry i felt like you know we were in the ring and i was like no for sure okay all right okay (laughs) as a woman studying stem uh and those of you who don't know what stem is science technology engineering and math um does gender ever seem to interfere or affect your area of study Mm, so for me i would say no not really um being an accounting major, I feel like most people already don't even know what accounting is. So they just be like, you know, it's just a major. It sounds fancy, but they don't know what it is. And I feel like that's the joy in it because it's like accounting is the numerical way to, it's the numerical language and business. Like that's all it is. And I feel like when people understand that, they will understand that literally anyone can do it with that being said though in school you know my classes are the ratio well the ratio in being at school itself it's very you know it's already more women than men but in class it's definitely more women than men I would say since we all take the same classes together I think it's about two male students in my class classes and about 13 women so we already have smaller intimate courses. So the average, yeah. But I feel like also people don't understand that being an accountant, it's only, there's less than 1% of accountants that are black. So I feel like being in a, a, being a student who is seeking their license in accounting is, I feel, it's like a it's a flex I don't know how else to put that I mean like I'm a black woman who's soon will become so I think that's different than your average Joe you know I mean yeah but to answer your question though I don't think that gender is I really feel like race is more of the factor not really um gender absolutely you know (laughs) i'm realizing um that the question failed to mention the intersectionality of it all Mm. you know i asked Mm. about your gender but of course Mm. being a black woman in particular would have more of an impact yeah, uh, because, because this black women do it all you know yeah we do it all i'm talking about y'all like and and we have the more feel to also understand that black women have the most credentials and like comparison 
to academics with any other race, you know, ethnicity yeah. group. And people yeah. really don't understand that. And I feel like that's a another flex. Like, again, stop undermining Black women. Like, I don't, <laughs> I don't care. You know, you know I, and, you know, at work, um, we were talking yeah. about the retention of Black students in the program, but also the Ooh, retention hell. of Black girls in particular at one of my campuses. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they were trying to figure out, like, um, it was a representation thing, and I'm not going to say too much for liability purposes, but... Um, for sure. <laughs> what mm-hmm. I mentioned, though, was, you know, Black women are the most educated demographic. And we are. Um, and we are. We are usually it's a people gift. Who, yeah. who, you know, make everything better. Um, and a coworker even told me, and this is when I first started at this in this position, that if I wanted something, and if he, you know, if you want something to be done right, ask a black woman to do it. Of course. Who else not, you gonna ask? Who else he, gonna get it done for you? Who I will say he, he's not a black man. Um, so I was very taken aback and I would say he's one of my biggest allies um and I love it you know but that's besides the point but I think talking about how being a black woman sometimes can feel like uh a lot to carry although we're so amazing and so great we're not respected we're not valued and you know that was one of the reasons why I even created this platform because I didn't see it anywhere else but that's besides Mm -hmm. the point thank you for like Mm -hmm reiterating that in your answer um of course because i am and always will be an ally for the black women because we are the blackest blackest and better people and we are (laughs) the best what are you talking about like who else we are the best competitors like i don't understand who else can compete i don't get literally in every field in everything yeah even yeah. the black women who are engineers, although they're like rare to find, they're the best. Smartest people. women. Smartest, Smartest women. women. Who, what are you talking about? Like, who else is gonna do this shit? Oh, stuff. Sorry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> My bad, y'all. No, no, it's okay. It's all right. You know, that's what I mean by a, a safe, authentic <laughs> space. Because you know, on some other platforms, you won't be able to do all this. Really you laughing and having a good time. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, so, bro. Oh, <laughs> Ebony, this has been an amazing, an amazing conversation. Nah, dog, you you really did this one. Like, nah, <laughs> this is a really for this to be the first episode. For one again, thank you for considering me to be the first one. Because um, you know, Pit, but you know, also, <laughs> but yeah, these people they. They really finna hear some good stuff coming from you. And I want them to understand it from the mouth of your little sister that my big sister is coming strong. So, and that's all I'm going to say about that. Uh, Yeah. You know how some people are always like, I'm going to edit that part out. (laughs) I'm not going to. Don't edit that. And I I was going to, I'll be mad if you did. So, (laughs) yeah, y'all don't know. They don't know. But. They don't know. Yeah, my my little sister's fine for me, y'all. So you know, it's, take it up with her. Take it up with management. My accounting thing. That's my accounting talk. 
yeah accounting things um this isn't business it's <laughs> not business don't talk to me about it talk to my accountant shut up um i can't wait i can't wait they won't <laughs> i won't let up um <laughs> thank you <laughs> thank you so much ebony this is amazing um again this is episode one of girls like me who for whatever reason, do anything. But for this episode, girls like me who succeed against the odds, Ebony has succeeded against the odds. Period. You are amazing. <laughs> you are beautiful. You are enough. And you're just amazing, like I said. Um, tune in. Keep, share, like, comment, engage with this content, however you feel. And I will see y'all in about another two weeks for episode two. And I will see you then. Good night, y'all. <laughs>